Welcome to the Highland Church Podcast, where we share biblical teaching to glorify God and to bless you. This year, we're talking about my part, God's plan. God has a purpose for you, and that purpose is a part of God's bigger plan for the world. Now, if you connect with what you hear today, I hope you'll join us online Sundays at 10 a.m., or that you'll join us on-site right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, let's jump into today's teaching, and don't forget, you're part of God's Hey church, I hope that you're having a great July 4th weekend. And more importantly, I hope that this morning you're turning your hearts over to the Lord and worship. My good friend and mentor, Jim Martin, is gonna preach for us this morning. I love Jim and I love the work that he's doing at Harding School of Theology. That's one of our partner ministries. They train ministers and servants to serve the Lord's church all around the world. And Jim is an important piece of that. He's also a great preacher. And this morning he's gonna open up God's word to us. So would you join me in welcoming Jim Martin and I'll see you all next week. Thanks, Eric. That was nice. Turn to uh, Luke 7, if you would, Luke chapter 7. It is uh, 4th of July weekend, and all over the country, uh, families are gathering, and uh, folks are remembering uh, those who have served uh, this country in military service, and some are here this morning, and, and thank you so much for your service. Thank you. I'd like to read from uh, Luke 7, verse 11. Luke 7, 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearer stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. And they were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help His people. And this news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Charlotte and I were newly married. One Sunday morning, we were, we were seated in a in a church building in Florence, Alabama, not too far from here. It's where she grew up. And that morning, Charlotte's daddy was preaching. And I don't remember much about that morning. If he were sitting here, I would say to him, I don't remember anything you said. I don't remember the message. In fact, I don't even remember the scripture. 
but I will never forget the title. Because when he, when he said the title, and this was the title, will Jesus really help me with my problems? I just kind of looked at it. And it took me back to high school when I would sit in, well, our chairs weren't this soft, but when I would sit in chairs like this on a Sunday morning, and I would wonder if this was going to help at all. Is this really going to help? I wish I could say that ended in high school, but it didn't. I went to college, and when I was in church, I would at times think the same thing. Is this really going to help me with my problems? And I could spell out what those were, and you might hear those, and that might sound like a big deal, or it might sound pretty small, but they were big to me. Will Jesus really help me? This is what I know about all of us who, who are here this morning in this room. We either had problems, we're having them now, or we're going to have them. Sometimes they're financial. You know what that is, to look around and it seems like everybody's doing so well except you. Sometimes their marriage, it, it's just hard right now. Real hard. And sometimes there's just, there's problems with one of your children. Maybe it's an adult child. I'll tell you, I love that son of mine, but he is driving us crazy. Or it's health. Where you look in the mirror and you, you think, why am I dealing with health issues like this? I love this story. It's the story of this woman who her only son has died. This is the, the funeral procession. They're evidently headed outside of town. And with her is a large crowd from the town. And they're carrying the, the young man's body on this, on this beer, on this platform. There are some things that just aren't said in the scripture. Um, in those days, at uh, sometimes uh, when people uh, died, they would actually bury them that day. It could have been that he actually died earlier in the day. I don't know. They would often use professional mourners. You know what? Uh, perhaps they were there. Perhaps they weren't. Weren't? I don't know. But they're on their way out of town. From the other direction, Jesus comes with his disciples and a large crowd with him. 
and the two groups meet. Jesus looks at uh, this woman, the, this mother, and his heart goes out to her. And he says, don't cry. Don't cry. Sounds odd, I know, but he knows what he's about to do. And then he says to this young man, I say to you, get up. I've done a lot of funerals, and I've, I was a, I've been a pallbearer for some funerals. I've never seen any movement. Never. And here are these probably men holding this platform, and do they ever feel movement? In fact, he sits up, and Jesus gives him back to his mother. There are echoes here of 1 Kings 17 and Elijah healing or bringing back to life the son of the widow of Zarephath. Some of you know that story. When the people see this, they see the dead man sit up and begin to talk. These people are filled with awe and they praise God. God has come to help His people. God has come to help His people. I want to take, we, 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 like, like you, we live in the Memphis area. We hear sirens a lot. We see fire trucks come by our house. But there was a day when I stood outside my family's home in Dallas I was a senior in college, and I watched our house, the flames licking up the roof and burning down our house. And I heard that siren in a different way. I was so glad. And when you know, when you know you've got issues and problems and brokenness, God has come to help His people. Isn't that good news? All right. 2 things about Jesus, and then I'm going to say a little bit about what we can get from this. Obviously, I think this is obvious, He is compassionate. It's a picture of Jesus' compassion. His heart goes out to her. There's something else here. Chapter 7, verses 1 through uh, 10, we don't have time to get into that, but it's the, a centurion, a soldier, uh, uh, appeals to Jesus uh, to come heal his servant. And at some point, as Jesus makes his way to the centurion's house, the centurion sends some of his friends and basically says, look, you don't even need to come to our house because I know that when you say the word, something happens. When you say go, when you say come, when you say do this, something happens. You've got authority. Jesus brings not only compassion to this story, but his authority. His authority. Now here's a piece of good news. There is no impossible problem 
no impossible problem in your life or mine that's going to have the final word. No impossible problem gets to have the final word. There are losses we experience. Death, health. Those are tough. There's disappointments. You, 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 just disappointments in your job, in your marriage, sometimes with our children. Sometimes our children are disappointed in mama and daddy. Disappointments. And sometimes those have a way of just stacking one on top of the other, on top of the other, until you just get discouraged. Now here's the good news. Jesus will either deliver us from impossible situations or in impossible situations. Now, the first one. This is, this is what I can really pray for about my problems. Lord, make it go away. Make it go away. And that's a, it's a perfectly, it's a fine prayer to the one in whom we believe. Lord, deliver me from the problem. Make it go away. And you know what happens sometimes? It does go away sometimes. Some of us know what it is like to, have, to pray and pray and pray for people. And oh my goodness, the doctors don't know what to make of it. But this person is just really doing well now. Now some of us have had some of those experiences. Or you... You're in financial trouble, and you pray and pray and pray, and you get this mysterious check in the mail. Wow. Sometimes that happens. But sometimes you pray and pray and pray for someone who is sick, and what happens? They die. You pray and pray and pray about a financial situation, and it gets worse. There's no check in the mail. But here's the good news. Whether we are delivered from or in our problem, He is faithful and He's with us. There is not a... Everybody get this. There is not a single problem you have or I have for which He is going to leave me alone in dealing with it. He is with you. He's with you. You say, I just wish he'd get rid of it. I know, I pray for that too. But in the meantime, I can know he's going to give me what I need just to navigate life. I want to leave you with a couple of take-homes. Number one, Jesus can Jesus can. He can. I mean, I'm looking, you're, we're looking at this impossible situation here where he raises someone from the dead. Sounds pretty impossible to me. Where he raises someone from the dead. What I want to remember about whatever it is I'm grappling with, he can. 
He can. He brings authority and compassion. He can. Now, sometimes we kind of go a different route. Do, do any of y'all, are you up at three of the morning like I am sometimes? Any, any of us? Oh, good. We've got some. Um, I found that what happens for me at three in the morning kind of goes like this. Three in the morning, I will isolate a problem in my life. A problem in my family, a problem in work or whatever it is. Problem. 3 a.m., that problem is growing. I mean, I thought it was bad at 7.30 p.m. before going to bed. 3 a.m., oh my goodness. It, this is awful. It's getting worse. If that happens, then this is going to happen, which means that'll happen. What will... And it, so that's kind of one way to come at 3 a.m. wake-ups. And what happens is, everybody get this, my problem, yes, it's, it's bad. I know, it's already bad, but it gets, it, it, it gets bigger. Or at 3 a.m., I can look in the mirror what am I going to do? I don't have enough money. I don't know what to do. I don't have enough help. I don't have these resources. What am I going to do? And the more I look in the mirror, the smaller I get. And feel, I already felt inadequate. You just do that at 3 a.m. long enough and just get smaller and smaller. Here's the invitation. The invitation is, those two are dead-end streets, by the way. The, the invitation is to look at Jesus and to savor His goodness and His grace and His power, His authority and compassion, and to know that He can. I may not be enough, or it may be real big, but he can, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with him. And, and for me, at times, what that has meant was just, just saying, Lord, I want to just keep, I want to keep thinking about that mess, but right now, I just want to acknowledge that you are Lord, that you are wonderful, you are beautiful, and that you are faithful, and you have not left me alone. You can. He got home from treatment. My friend had been in a 28-day residential uh, treatment program. He got home and he, he called me one day. He said, well, I, I want us to just open a Bible. His, his, he had just made a lot of poor and sinful decisions. And now he was bearing a lot of the consequences. We got together one day. And he kind of rehearsed some of the things he had done and what a mess things were. And We've got a Bible open, as I recall. seems like it was the Gospel of Mark. And he started rubbing his head. And my friend said, I just want to know what he wants me to do. I just want to know what he wants me to do. And he kept repeating that. And then finally, I, I asked him, what are you talking? What are you, what are you saying? 
And in his mind, his problems were so large and the consequences were so painful. He just figured that there was something really complicated Jesus wanted him to do. And what I told him that day is, I'm going to call him Jack. I said, Jack, do the smallest thing that you believe is right and that moves you toward Jesus. That's obedient to Jesus. Start really small. Don't try to fix everything. Get up in the morning and just take one step forward. It's good and right and holy and Jesus-centered. Would that work? I think it would. Jesus can. And final takeaway... Trust God. Trust God, period. Some of you know the name Ernie Johnson. Ernie Johnson is a host of Inside the NBA. He's on television a lot, especially during the playoffs. He's, he's at the desk with Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith. Ernie Johnson tells of what happened in 2003 when he went to the doctor. Had this bump he was concerned about. And after some tests, the doctor says, you have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Johnson said, I, I just couldn't understand that. Because... They live outside of Atlanta, evidently. We had just begun attending a church. We're not church. They hadn't been, they're not church-going people. They had started attending a church, their family. He said, I'm reading my Bible. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? He said, I, I, I called the minister down at the church we were attending. His name was Kevin. And I said, Kevin, uh, could, you, could you meet me? And could we talk about this? I don't know how to handle this. And they met at an, old, at, a, at an old Charlie's, old Charlie's, sat in the booth. Kevin pulled out a napkin. Kevin wrote at the top of the napkin, trust God. And he said, Ernie, there's a lot of things Christian people don't understand, can't figure out, we can't fix. But we learn to trust God. And he said, it's not trust God, comma. And he wrote that underneath. And then he wrote underneath that. It's not trust God, if. It's not trust God, when. At the bottom of the napkin, he wrote, Ernie, it's trust God, period. It's trust God, period. Period. See, we leave here on a Sunday morning. We 
encourage one another, we bless one another, we open Scripture, we praise, we partake of the supper. And we walk out the doors dealing with all of our messes and we say to one another, I'm going to trust God, period. How about you? Jesus can trust God. I was in Seattle at the airport waiting on this flight from Seattle to Austin. We were living in Waco, Texas at the time, and so I was going to fly into Austin, and then my car was at the airport and going to drive to Waco. Plane was uh, late leaving. It was 7 p.m. Everybody, it seemed like all the passengers were standing. We all just wanted to board. And I kind of looked around this group, and everybody just looked exhausted. Kind of had that look like we had all worked hard and probably worked hard all week. It was Friday evening, as I recall. And then I spotted one guy. He was talking a lot. And people were laughing, standing around him. I looked at him. He, was, he had a nice suit on. You know what I mean? Like, a, a, this is a nice suit. Tan, maybe late 40s, early 50s. Just kind of looked competent. I didn't like him. I just kind of looked at him and I thought, I, don't, I just don't like you. You know, you say, well, that's immature. I, I know that, but I, I'm just telling you, I just looked at him and thought, I don't like you. So we started to board. It's Southwest, A, B, and C. I happened to be in A that night. Great. So I'm near the fr I board, I'm near the front of the plane. Someone is at the window seat. I'm at the aisle. The middle is vacant. People are coming on. People are coming on. I'm kind of hoping they don't get that middle seat. You know, just hoping. I'm kind of near the front. They're going to the back, hoping for, you know, uh, hoping something come lo comes along better. And so... Sitting there for a while, people going by, people going by, and then people, this one person didn't go by, and I look up, and it's him. Mr. Happy. And he said, mind if I sit next to you? And I said, sure. <laughs> and he sat down. This is a four-hour flight, gate to gate, from Seattle to Austin. And I'm thinking, man, this is going to be a long, long flight. We take off, and he looks at me and he says, uh, well, tell me about yourself. What do you do? I preached in Waco at the time. And I thought, well, this will be a short conversation. And I said, I'm a minister of a church in Waco, a couple hours from Austin. And he looked at me and he said, You are? Wow. <laughs> 
And he said, uh, somebody in, 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 in that role that you're in, you can do a lot of good. Wow. And then he said, some months ago, I started going to a church in Austin. And Jesus Christ has changed my life. I was a mess. And he said, uh, I started going to their recovery program and I got sober. And, uh, you know, I'm, I just don't want to miss. I go every time. I mean, I, I'm there Sundays and sometimes I'm there at one of the times during the week. And he began to tell me what the Lord had done. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, forgive me for my sin and my stupidity. And I began to talk about what the Lord had done in my life and my work and His work. And what, in my immaturity, I thought was an inconvenience turned out to be what I think was a divine appointment by God. Because He blessed me for sure. Story of a man whose life was a mess, who had all these problems, but he became head over heels in love and enthralled by Jesus Christ. Jesus can. And the good news is we can trust the Father while we depend upon the Son as our Lord. I want to pray for a moment before Brishan comes up and dismisses us. I want to encourage you to take that away. Jesus can make a difference when you can see it sometimes and even when you can't see it. But bottom line, you and I will trust God. And He is faithful. Let's pray together. Lord, thank You for our gathering here this morning. I want to pray for that person in here who just almost didn't come today. I pray, O oh Lord, for that person in here who is so discouraged right now. And would You use us as a church, O oh Lord, to be a people who encourage others and to know that you really do help us with our problems. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.